Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's time, it's time for the Draft Dudes Podcast. What's better than this? Your hosts, the Draft Dudes themselves and co-founders of the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Guys being dudes on the Draft Dudes Podcast. And it starts now. better than this guys me and dudes here on the draft dudes podcast it's joe marino and kyle krabs we're your host chris schubert's here floating around producing this thing with a lot of lights going on behind him especially compared to yesterday uh, we're from the draft network we're brought to you by bet online your number one source for all your sports betting needs you'll always find the latest odds team matchup info player news and game trends over at bet online they feature live betting free contests and giveaways all season long they have all the sports, so head on over to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just be sure to use our promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. It's Bet Online, and it's where the game starts. Gentlemen, happy Valentine's Day to you. Will you be my Valentine? Yes. I choo-choo-choose you. My favorite Valentine's oh. Day pop culture reference was ralph wiggins getting that valentine from lisa simpson with the train and it being like the most world rocking experience for him so happy ralph wiggins has a girl who who likes him day to you both as well i like how you brought this to a pop culture reference um because i think the best pop culture valentine's day reference is Dwight Schrute from The Office, but Ooh. Kyle, as a non-Office enthusiast, I don't know if you'd appreciate the reference. Uh, you're right. I wouldn't. Well, but I think everybody that does like The Office knows exactly what I just referenced, and um, I hope that you had your there's probably Valentine's There's probably a similar reference in every other episode of The Office, considering that it's the same exact stupid humor in every episode that was ever created of the show, but... We won't get into that because I know I'm already. Do you want the quote, Kyle? I'm already. Or are you gonna have to pretend that you want say the line, Bart? <laughs> no. Does that mean yes? Uh, no, no, I'm not. I'm not gonna say the line. Um, I already know I'm gonna get flamed on Twitter by listeners of the yeah, show yeah. every time it comes out that I yeah. don't like The Office. It's like I try to put it out there as often. Right, as it's I like can, the world-ending you know? experience, and that's fine. And like I'm over it. Yeah. I've accepted that's who I am. Yeah. Uh, come after me. I'm a man. <laughs> I'm 34 oh, here comes the- in a couple months. You're not 34. Not yet. Wait, no, not yet, dude. Not yet. You're still in your Jesus year. Yeah. I got two months. Uh, yeah. Almost Literally. today. Almost exactly. Today. Yeah. Christopher P. Schubert, happy Valentine's Day. Um, what do we need to know? Happy Valentine's Day, gentlemen. Hope you are having a great start to your Tuesday. Um, a fun show. This is a Joseph J. Marino special here. He messaged us this morning and he said, hey, it's Valentine's Day themed. What if we did a Valentine's theme show and discussed ideas we love for the offseason? And we each are going to have, I guess, five or so. I have five written down here. Yeah, I do too. Took me a while to get the fifth, but I really like the fifth one that I put down. And so we're going to share those and we'll just discuss. Maybe some of these are galaxy brain ideas. Maybe some of these are just more conventional ideas, but 
So that's this is technically baby big boards. Kind of, yeah. It is a Valentine's Day baby big board board on a Tuesday. Normally, we do on a Thursday edition of Draft 2. Yes. So the order here matters, huh? I believe it does. I did mine in order. Okay. I just made one little switch, and I have mine. Mine are inconsequential in, in order in which they are discussed. You love them all yes, equally. It's like if you have five kids, you love them all the mm. same. You know that's not true. Yeah, I've that's got <laughs> I've got three pets and yeah, one and one child. And on the days There's in which clear order. on the days in which yeah. the the daughter is rotten, she's not number one on the pecking order. So yeah, see, it's the <laughs> it's least problematic other oh. living being in my house is my favorite favorite on any. Given in day. fifteen years, she's going to go back and listen to this episode and be heartbroken. No, because she loves the cats more than she loves me, so it's not going to be no surprise. Oh. Okay. All right. Um, all right. So I'm ready. I got stuff to talk about. Okay. I wonder if Joe. there'll probably be some overlap here, but should be it, fun. I don't think so, but it's your idea. Go ahead. Start us off. You go first. Should I start with five though? I kind of want to get think, my favorite ideas out first. Do you really think we're going to have overlap? I would be shocked if we have. I overlap. think we'll have some, at least one or two total across all three of us. Okay. I, okay. I'm going to, I'm going top down. My favorite okay. ideas. Well, I he, love he them all, they, but he, I, wants to get it out there he wants to share yeah. his number one idea we could do this okay yeah. especially because it leads to a little heartbreak for one of my strong internet friends chris schubert excuse me reference to yesterday the number one idea that i love for this offseason is the carolina panthers signing Derek carr i think this is ex- exactly the direction they should go at quarterback um they've they've tried some band-aid solutions they've not participated in the draft and for as much fun as everyone had with Steve Wilkes going on a little run there to maybe win that division, well, that put them out of striking distance for the quarterbacks and put them in a position where they have to really give up some significant assets to be in, in the strike zone to get a quarterback. And you're kind of playing this risky game because while we talk about there being four first-round quarterbacks, uh, that doesn't mean every team's going to like all four of them. They might only like one or two. And so I think the Panthers are in a tough spot picking number nine with the – the Colts, the Texans, the Raiders, the um, other team that Seattle, all of those teams picking in front of them. And I just I wouldn't want to participate in that rat race to get in positions to get, get a quarterback. Just go get Derek Carr. You're assembling an all star coaching staff. And then what that allows you to do is it changes the entire draft for Carolina, where we've talked about trading up, trading up, trading up. No, you don't have to do that anymore. You can sit there at number nine and make a pick if you like somebody there. You can also think about moving back and get putting yourself in position to maybe add a receiver, to maybe add a defensive lineman. I like what that would do for the dynamics of the Carolina Panthers moving forward in a in an NFC that, let's be honest, feels like it's really wide open. I think Derek Carr, uh, a meaningful pick at nine, some other assets this offseason. I think Carolina Panthers could be a playoff team next year. Well done. Joe. Panthers, Sorry, Panthers with Derek Carr is, is the four them, but... seed in, in next year's playoffs, right? Oh, gosh. Probably, yeah. And you play defense, keeping them out of the Saints, too? Mm-hmm. And the Bucs? Like, why wouldn't the Bucs be interested there? Why wouldn't the Falcons have a level of interest there? Go get your guy. I, and I think he's a perfect fit for the Charlotte community, for Frank Reich, and, and how I think that marriage would go. I think it'd be perfect. I dig it. I dig it. Should I go next, or Chris, do you want to go? It's up to you. I'll, I'll no, go no, next no, no, if you'd no. like. It's, it's up to you. 
internet friend. I'll go next because my mine's very similar to Joseph's. My number one thing <laughs> is that Jets. there's going to be a team that's going to sign Jets Derek Carr but replace tight. the Carolina Panthers with the New York Jets. So of course, this is my number one option yeah. uh, for my list. This is the guy that I've circled on the short list for them to sign you all like offseason. I do. Kirk, I do. Yeah, I, I actually do like that. I like that more than I like your quarterback play, Derek Carr, uh, to, to be the New York Jets. Because all the things Joe said, all the things Joe said about Kirk or about Derek uh, with Carolina, I think apply to the Jets. They're a team that's not in the mix to, to draft a quarterback. They've been there, done that. They haven't really had a good track record of developing a quarterback. They have a coaching uh, infrastructure that is on the hot seat that's going to have to win. You have to bring in an established veteran presence who's been there, done that, knows how to put up production. Derek Carr does that. He costs you just dollars. You're able to keep all of your draft picks, which is a better than the alternative of trading for an Aaron Rodgers or a Lamar Jackson or any of the other players. He's better than the other free agency options like a Jimmy Garoppolo. He's better than acquiring a Ryan Tannehill. He is the best of all of the worlds put together for the New York Jets in terms of dollars, not trading draft capital, and being a veteran presence. So the Jets signing Derek Carr number one for me on the list. I, um, I wasn't going to do this one first, but since – it, it's right now a Derek Carr it's segment. Der, it's Derek Carr hour. Yeah, it's Derek I don't Carr have hour. a Derek Carr take, uh, but I do have a veteran quarterback take. And one of the five things that I would love to see this offseason is for Aaron Rodgers to come back from his vision quest. The darkness retreat. Darkness no, no, it's retreat, a darkness retreat. Day two. Uh, Day two of four. Whatever today. you want to call it. Solitary confinement, okay. etc. said <laughs> it's day two of four day, today. Day two he's of four. on, he's on Rogers' watch. It's four day. Well, because he's going to come out of the darkness retreat, and he might be wearing like Jets green, and that could tell us right. where he wants to play like next season. So it's Tony very Phil. important. He's, he's. It's the Simpsons meme where Homer recedes into the bush, and then he comes back out. Like Aaron is receding into the bush. We'll make a second Simpsons reference here on the show as a Packer, and he's going to come out with whatever his new team is. So, of course, I'm paying attention to the darkness. How about if he comes out of the bush with a gold jacket and retires? Oh, would love that. I would love that. I would love for Aaron Rodgers. Everybody said, oh, Aaron doesn't (laughs) want to share a retirement class with Tom Brady. What if he decides the most selfish thing I can do is to make sure that I get inducted in the greatest (laughs) Hall of Fame class in the history of the league, me and Tom together? Right now, the best one-two punch of quarterbacks to get inducted in the same class is what? Dan Marino and Steve Young in the same class together? That's pretty freaking good. I was there. I'll be there. If if, if Aaron retires, I'll I'll be there for for that one, too, with him and Tom. I'll be there this this fall for Zach Thomas and Daryl Rivas with my internet friend Chris Schubert. But I would love... It's three months. It's in the summertime. It's August, Chris. It's not fall. It's closer I'll tell you to that fall much. than it is summer. It's closer to fall than it is three months from now. It's February 14th. Draft dudes do math. They make me click the button. Draft dudes do math. Aaron Rodgers retiring is the chaos curveball <laughs> that this NFL offseason needs. And I don't know, like. Can he still play? Yes, but so Tom could still play too. I'd be really interested if Aaron, he got the bag, he secured the bag, he fleeced the Packers, they went through a disaster season this year, they made the run, they missed the playoffs. What if Aaron decides, I want to be a part of the greatest Hall of Fame class of all time? I'm going to retire alongside Tom and go in with Tom. 
That's what I'm pulling for. I don't think it happens. All right. But I would love it if it did. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree, but it's it's a fun idea. I I, I thought about putting on mine. Uh, Tom Brady staying retired. Oh, that's good. That's good, Joe. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> so, I like that a lot. So consider that my honorable mention. Um, at number two for me, I hate that I have such a broad statement, but it just kind of works. It's called the Lions. I love the opportunity ahead of them. Listen, I'll get more specific because I'm going to have a big draft angle. Excuse me. Uh, with, with with this, yeah, the the Detroit ideas, Lions. I lo- ideas we love for the off season. The Lions. Lions. Hold on, let me get specific. Okay. Okay. Our Lions. I love so the op- I'm here. Yes, I love what they can do in the draft, and I know that whenever we mock Bijan Robinson to a team in the first round, we get yelled at by that fan base. It's part Imagine. of the deal, right? You you, you understand how that goes. But the Lions, come on now. This is this is a really and exciting now, idea. I think that's that my can- guy. On the Draft Dudes Podcast. I think they can really lean into the type of football team that they want to be, but you've got a very exciting receiver core with Armin Ross St. Brown and Jamison Williams. And you can pick your poison as a defense. You want to play coverage? Okay, light boxes for Bijan, you're screwed. Okay, you want to play light boxes, or you want to play heavy boxes to deal with Bijan and... All that he's going to present, all right, well, we got receivers that can really make you pay in a good offensive coordinator in Ben Johnson. So I love that idea for them at six. And then what that allows them to do, I don't know if they're picking six. Oh, then I have it written down somewhere. Give they me are a picking yeah, six. Yeah, six. Yes. Then they have 18, 49, 56, and 82. When I think about the Lions' needs and how they would marry up with those picks, I get super excited. At 18, if they want to go tight end, they can get a guy. They can get Luke Musgrave. They can get potentially Michael Mayer or Darnell Washington or a Dalton Kincaid. Then I think about 49, 56, and 82. How about linebacker and corner? Where I think you're going to get into some really appropriate ranges to get value, especially at corner, and then even linebacker. Like, there's good linebackers in this class. There's just not a great have to have them in the first round. Guys, I think you can get a starter on day two. And I think the way that this matches up for Detroit with their needs – and how they can attack this draft and really build their football team up, given the dynamics that currently exist. My goodness, are they in an exciting spot. So I love this Bijan tight end corner linebacker idea for the Lions in the draft based on how things are kind of shaping up right now. Joe, if Bijan Robinson gets drafted by the Lions, how high would you pick him for your fantasy football team? No okay, one so cares about your fantasy did you, team. Wait, who pushed the button? Was it Chris or Kyle? No, it's Kyle. He set up his own. Kyle bit put that on the team for himself. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. Well, in in, in reach like in full redrafts, I'd probably stay away from a rookie. I, I I don't know. Maybe that's stupid of me. But in dynasty, he's the number one pick overall. The quarterback. Speaking of the number, mm. go ahead, Chris. Speaking of the number one pick, my idea is to for something to occur that if it doesn't happen this year, it will be seven years since it happened. And you want chaos? It's what we do best. We love chaos season over here at the Draft Network. The chaos, the galaxy brain, all of the uncertainty that comes with this. How about the Chicago Bears do something that hasn't been done since the 2016 the NFL pick. draft? And that is trade the number one overall pick. It makes sense for everybody. It makes sense for us because we like chaos. It makes sense for the Bears. They're not in the quarterback market. 
set yourself up for future success. Get the King's Ransom. Get the Hall of Draft Selections. Give yourself maximum flexibility in 2023 and beyond with draft capital and throw a wrench in the in the NFL draft while you're at it. Give us some, some chaos. So the Bears trading the number one overall pick, number two for me on ideas we love for the offseason. Nice one, Chris. I like that one. Thank you. Uh, my next one is paying the, and I'm going to use air quotes here, other Cincinnati safety overpaying Jesse Bates. Von Bell. Oh. So this is the game that we like to play where it's player X at cost Y versus player Z at cost A. I fudged up the the letters there. But (laughs) Joe, let me ask you a question. Would you rather pay Jesse Bates at $15 million a season or would you rather pay Von Mel at at $8 million a season? And I understand some of that is, oh, well, it depends on what I want him to do. But regardless, this is a too high safety league right now. Von Bell had a great year, man. He's a good player. Those players complement each other very well. They do. But if you were going to pay one at their expected market price, which one would you rather pay? And if you say if you say Jesse Bates, it's okay to it's like we're allowed to disagree. I'm just saying for me, and I have a couple of these like pay certain players and not top market players. Uh, Von Bell's on that list for me. That I would I would rather pay Von Bell with the tendency of two high safeties and split cell safeties and interchangeability in your safety group. There's just not a lot of ball production there. There's not. The ball found him a few times this year, but for the most part, this isn't, I mean, like he's a lot better playing forward, physical, you know, like not a do everything safety. I think what's, I guess in some ways, Jesse Bates isn't either. Right. I think they both, they're both good players. They they are, but I feel like one of them is probably going to cost two X's what it's going to cost to sign the other one. I know, but don't you feel like you can get the other one? Like, the harder one defines Bates, right? The skill set, the ball there production, yes. But it's yeah. all again. It, I go back to it, it's more of a Jesse Bates is really valuable in schemes where having a true free single high safety is is prevalent in your your system. I think as we see more and more split safety coverages where you're not asked to cover the full width of the field on the back end, it makes paying the the lesser dynamic back end player more attractive, especially because you want to have the interchangeability to drop down to the box and defend the run. So how you're you're phrasing this as you love the idea of paying Von Bell and not Jesse Bates if you're any team or if you're Cincinnati? Any team. Okay. Like in a vacuum. Right. Now I understand there's some teams that aren't going to need a Von Bell type player. And I sure. get that, but like right. Marcus may just sign for seven and a half, I think was what he signed for in new Orleans. Right. Like that's the stratosphere. I put Vaughn in his average per year on his last sure. contract was six. Jesse Bates just played on the tag, which was close to 13. And he's probably going to get up over 15 in free agency. So I'd rather pay half the money for Von Bell. 
Am I back yes. up? That's you. Number three on your list. All right. Uh, and this is it's hard for me to say, but oh, I, no. I would I would love to see the New England Patriots go get a legit wide receiver through a trade. Imagine. Um, Imagine putting yeah, and, the Patriots on your list. Well, they need to. They they need to. If I'm if I'm trying to be objective and look at the league as a whole and and be honest about what teams can do that would really matter, I think the Patriots falling into line with so many other teams that have been very successful trading for a veteran receiver, this should be something high on their list. And what's funny is I originally put down DeAndre Hopkins as the receiver they should trade for, but I don't know about Bill Bill O'Brien being the offensive coordinator and that being you know, a viable uh, direction, although I, I think that would make a lot of sense. That would definitely check the box I'm looking for uh, with New England to go get an actual legit number one receiver. I mean, you've made Mac Jones your – your you know your quarterback he took him in the first round and I mean the receivers just they're not these aren't dudes man you haven't given Mac his best opportunity to showcase himself as a passer whether whether it's the receivers whether it's the coaching staff he's been supported with it's kind of embarrassing and so I would like to see New England get in this mix of other teams that have went and, and traded a, a meaningful draft pick especially because they don't draft them well right like being honest about what you do and don't do well I think the New England Patriots should really be that team that is willing to part with some meaningful capital for a legit receiver. What, what's more likely? The Patriots trade for a wide receiver or the Patriots trade Mac Jones? Ooh. I don't think they're going to trade did, Mac did, Jones. We, we read so the Boston the receiver... Herald report about how bad this was. Yeah, but do you... I think Bill's going to hold them hostage. In in I mean, Bill O'Brien as a hire is certainly a a step in helping. Is Mac. it or is it just the only guy in the lexicon of available coaches that in the, in the Bill Belichick hire someone who wasn't a former assistant, your kid, or a former player challenge? Um, I think we're on year five in a row in which those those are the hires. Yeah, I mean, I can I can talk myself into that, but we really think Mac gets Mac gets traded. I, I think it, me saying that is more indicative of of I don't know that they're going to swing for the wide receiver. Oh, uh, even if they do trade Mac, they still got to get a receiver. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? That doesn't change that need. Um, are we just are we thinking too much about the? Raiders opening and just like kind of forcing this. I think, this? It, I I mean, think I we're connecting dots it. that don't necessarily exist. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm but you could talk yourself yes, into them for sure. If you want to get galaxy Correct. brain and conspiracy theory, I don't know that Mac Jones getting traded is a realistic outcome. I just, I also don't know that them swinging the bat for a big time wide receiver. Like who else is going to be available? Isn't Jimmy G just going to go to one of these teams. Jimmy G is going to sign with the Patriots or the, I would or say the more than likely. And then the other team's going to have Mac Jones, so I think Garoppolo's just going to sign with the Raiders. Hmm. What a world we live in. I like that. I like that more than the trading of Mac Jones. Oh, I'd rather sign Jimmy G than trade for Mac Jones. Yes, for sure. Would you rather sign Jimmy G and trade Mac Jones or just have Mac Jones? Excuse me? You're saying I'm the Patriots and I right. signed Jimmy G. Would you Jimmy rather G trade, trade Jimmy G and, or sign nah. Jimmy G and trade Mac Jones That's, or just have Mac Jones? 
That's too much logistical work for yeah, me. Yeah, I'll just ride out Max rookie yeah. deal and not be tied to him if I don't. I'm already in what year three? Three. So you're entering year three. Yeah. So I'm you got good. A low cost quarterback. I got one more sure year. I don't have to pick difference. up the fifth year option. If I, if I want to, yeah. I can. It's yeah. Just ride it out. I'll stay with that. On uh, number three for me is involving a quarterback trade. How about the Atlanta Falcons pick up the the phone and they just dial in the. Hold on, hold on for the bit here. Stand by. Looking up a zip I'm, code I'm, here or an area I'm, code. I'm, I'm, I either four one zero four four three or six six seven, whichever one connects you to the nearest official in the Baltimore Ravens front office, and you give them all of the draft capital and trade for Lamar Jackson. Here's why I like this for Atlanta and probably only Atlanta. If you are going to trade for Lamar Jackson, you're going to have to give him a brand new contract. You also need to have an offensive infrastructure that is suitable for his game. I don't think you want to give him a brand new contract and have him walk into a situation where you're going to ask him to do different things. That doesn't mean you can't change your offense over the course of the lifetime of him being there. But in terms of year one success and getting getting the relationship off to a good start since it's Valentine's Day, you need a place where the offensive philosophy of the coach, I think, matches what, the, what your quarterback's able to do. And Arthur Smith... Likes to run the ball. You got a unicorn at the tight end position in Kyle Pitts. We got we can we got two running backs that can run the football. We've got a pretty good receiver in Drake London, better than any receiver Lamar's had in his time uh, in Baltimore. I just like the fit. Atlanta's looking for a quarterback. I think they want to make a big splash. It, Lamar in Baltimore feels like it's coming to an end, and so I would love to see that marriage make sense. Joe is making. All of the faces that you could make during that entire diatribe mm. makes me think he's not on board. No, I'm all over the place is where I really am. First of all, I love Todd Monken being the new OC in Baltimore, and I'd almost like to see Lamar have a chance to work with Todd, um, especially with Mark Andrews and Isaiah Likely, and and just I, I feel like that would go well. Um, I'm also thinking a lot about Arthur, Brank, Arthur Blank's uh, recent comments about Desmond Ritter. I want to read them to you here in case you guys have missed them. He said, I love, quote, I love our young quarterback. I know he only played four games, but the trend line during those four games was all good. He didn't throw the ball to the other team, which is a huge factor in winning games. It's true. He's not colorblind, so I feel good about where we are, and I think our fans should feel that way, honestly. What? Is Marcus Mariota colorblind? <laughs> or, is that a, or is that a joke of like not being able to read defense? Like what, what is that? I don't know. Arthur, that can't that can't be a real quote. Where did you find it's that? It's a real from? quote. I'm surprised yeah, you guys have this. Is on one of those uh, Instagram like the fake quote graphics, right? Yeah. Where'd you find this? That you got this from? Where'd you find this, Joe? NBC's Pro Football's. <laughs> ta- it's on Atlanta Falcons. It's a legit uh, quote. Okay, that that tracks. We'll allow it. I. <laughs> you guys thought I pulled the. I know what you're talking about. No, I wouldn't do that on purpose on this show, but. I just don't. Uh, I'm just so confused. I, I, is Marcus? I think we need to know. Is Marcus Mariota? I'm literally googling that right now. I'm looking it up too. I don't see anything. Yeah, all of them are tied back to the quote that Arthur Blank called Marcus Mariota colorblind. Maybe he is. Maybe it's a joke. <laughs> Listen, regardless of, of whether or not Desmond Ritter is colorblind or not, what is the saying on this show? Don't let good players prevent you from. Yeah, you, Ritter doesn't tr- change you the. Change you shouldn't. Right, 
for Lamar. But I, I just thought it was an interesting thing to bring up here as we consider the reality of that. Uh, but I do love the idea of him in Atlanta. I think that's a good marriage for him. But there's also now this piece of me that wants to see him with Todd Monken. The, the good news for Lamar Jackson is he won't be with Greg Roman next year, wherever he's playing. Next year might be the most critical data point in figuring out who exactly Lamar Jackson is and is not as an NFL quarterback since the MVP season. But can't you already see the tweets? Well, it, it, you know, if it doesn't go well, it's only his first year in this type of well, offense. It'll be his last to, year. You know what I mean? He'll be playing on <laughs> the franchise tag. Oh, if he's yeah, if he's yeah. back in, in the on the yeah. tag, yeah, yeah. I'm disappointed in the journalists of our society for not following up on this. Like I'm reading all these stories and they put the quote in there, and no one's following up on the he's not colorblind part. Mm. I'm extremely disappointed. <laughs> uh, Somebody asked Brentley Wiseman. We can ask him on our meeting. Here, as soon as we're done. We can. Yeah. Um, my next one. One thing I love for this offseason is the Kansas City Chiefs, the reigning Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs, not franchise tagging Orlando Brown Jr. They traded for Orlando Brown Jr. They played him on the tag. He played left tackle for the Chiefs. It was fine. But you're getting into an economic stratosphere with a second franchise tag of Orlando Brown Jr. that – I am not comfortable with it. I think with the play of Patrick Mahomes, you can find complimentary play, whether that's with a first round pick, with another pick swap, with a free agent signing. You can go a number of different routes and I think get more bang for your buck than effectively tripling down on Orlando Brown Jr. after trading for him, not giving him a contract extension, playing him on the tag, and now hypothetically playing him on the tag again. Number four, Joe? Number four for me, this is uh, not one you're going to expect coming out of my mouth, but here it is. I want to see the Chicago Bears make a run at Saquon Barkley or Josh Jacobs in free agency. Excuse me? Yeah, yeah. It's not my favorite team, so I don't have to, like, cling to all my priors about not paying running backs. But I don't think that's being intellectually uh, consistent, but okay. Well, I like it for I like it for the Bears. Um the identity of this football team is is the athleticism of of Justin Fields and what he's shown as a runner. Complementing that with Barkley or Jacobs gets me very excited because I think it's gonna help him really take off as a passer. Where okay, I mean what are you gonna do? You got to count for Fields and Barkley in that backfield as runners. And that should create some very favorable looks in the passing game. Um, I think they have a good run blocking offensive line already. And I think we're looking for that to be upgraded. And I, I think the creativity that they can have and allowing them to really focus on building up the rest of the infrastructure at receiver and O-line around Fields makes me excited. And so I think a, a three-year deal, I mean – it's probably going to be pretty expensive, probably $13 million per, something like that. But they have cap space. They have a young quarterback, and I think this would be a great move to help their young quarterback and lean further into their identity as a football team that also makes them more multiple as a football team. Uh, number four for me, this earned me a Teddy take. I am a Teddy take recipient because of this take. <laughs> and so I, I, I feel like I have to have it on my list. And that is Baker Mayfield to the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I, I think for a team that is going to be without Kyler Murray for some period of time in 2023, it is a bridge transitional year for them as a team. New GM, 
new coach here at some point, I would assume by the end of the week, they'll have a new coach. Uh, you're not going to have Kyler. There needs to be somewhat of a, of a, of a level reset for this team. But at the same time, you, I don't think you want to completely bottom out because you've got the quarterback and you've got a good amount of infrastructure in place. You're going to get some draft capital for, from trading Deandre Hopkins, by the way, that's going to be a, a thing here in just a second. Um, and so I would sign Baker Mayfield. If I were the Arizona Cardinals, give yourself a bridge. And for Baker, it makes a ton of sense. The, uh, the, the, the person that I compare this to is when Mitchell Trubisky left Chicago, went to Buffalo, didn't play at all, but then all of a sudden came out smelling like a rose and was like, hey, Pittsburgh is going to sign him to, to a contract. Baker's going to play more and probably is going to be able to increase his value a little bit, but I think this is a perfect reset for Baker to then be a quality backup, be a good starter if you need him in emergency, if Kyler gets banged up or the recovery takes a little bit longer, and I think he has a great opportunity to rebuild his value in a great market. So that is number four for me. Uh, follow up there, because I think this is an interesting discussion point, because I, I like it. I, I still do. I feel like there's other quarterbacks that also fit into this bucket that I would like for for them to Tyler go and Huntley. do this for Arizona. Yeah, Huntley, Sam Darnold. Is it is it for you, is it Baker, or is it the idea of a quarterback like this for Arizona to kind of get them through the oh. season? Oh, I yeah, guess. yeah, yeah. So I, I understand the question. Um, I wouldn't be, like, upset if they picked, like, Tyler Huntley or Sam Darnold. Um, I just think Baker makes sense because I feel like the way that he wants to play is similar enough to the way Kyler plays. That kind of chaotic run around, make plays kind of mindset. Um, like not instruct. I don't get that feeling from. <laughs> I don't get that feeling from Sam Darnold, Joe. The the whole you know at a great. Oh, he might goal. want to, but you know. <laughs> It's not not something I really sign up for. So right. if you if you can get a quarterback who can who excels or at least is above average out of structure and that they can thrive in that environment, then I think they're the per your backup needs to be as close as a reflection to your starter as possible for what you want to do offensively. And I think Baker fits that box. But if it's somebody else like a Tyler Huntley, I, I would I would agree that I, I would give that the seal of approval. My number four involves my. Miami Dolphins. And I would like the Dolphins to sign a specific quarterback to serve as the backup in the 2023 NFL season. Anybody want to venture a guess? I know that you think they need to have a good backup well, quarterback. Yeah, the track record of your starting quarterback missing a month um, is not a good one to have a bad backup. Uh, Taylor Heineke. Chris? You want your team to sign as a backup quarterback, Sam Darnold. Two good guesses. Two good guesses. Uh, one of them is correct. Joe snuck in. Gar Joe, Joe snuck, snuck in, in a third guess there. Don't need to. I I wait on Jimmy Garoppolo a little bit, but ultimately Taylor Heineke is the choice that I have for the Dolphins. And the reason being... Good job, Joe. The backup quarterbacks the Dolphins have pursued over the last two offseasons in Jacoby Brissett and Teddy Bridgewater are the inverse of skills for your starting quarterback. So when you need to go to the bullpen for a stretch of games, you're either going to try to play the exact same style of offense with a quarterback who is not physically suited to do it, or you are going to have to change everything that made your offensive identity what it is and made it unique and challenging to defend in the first place. 
So you need a player, in my mind, whose physical skill set more closely mirrors that of Tua. And because of that, Jimmy Garoppolo, while there's a familiarity with Mike McDaniel, is not the one that I'm chomping at the bit, hoping that Miami gets on a seven, seven and a half million dollar per contract. When you can make the argument for Mitchell Trubisky, I know that's a name that's kind of been floated out there. But Taylor Heineke is the one for me who I think when you try to align the price with the skill set, with the style of play, with what the Dolphins want to do, Heineke is the one for me that moves the needle the most. And it's obviously not super sexy. You'd love to not have to spend that on, you'd love to not spend five, six, seven million dollars on Taylor Heineke to back your quarterback. But until Tua Tungvaloa proves he could stay healthy for 17 plus games, you have to be more invested in the backup quarterback position than every other team in the NFL, especially because now you're in a winning window. So you need somebody to get you through a month. And because of that, I, I think Taylor Heineke is the right blend of experience, skills, acceptance of his role within an NFL quarterback room. They've tried to get Washington's tried to get rid of him a bunch of times, and he always sticks and then ends up playing and plays well. It's the right mix for me. I want the Dolphins to have Taylor Heineke as their backup quarterback. I think that'd be a good move for them. Um, my last one here is... This is our last chance for overlap, by the way. We haven't had we a haven't single had one yet. yet. Um, okay. I, I would love to see the Seattle Seahawks not overcommit to Geno Smith. Overlap! Overlap! <laughs> we got it. Yes, Joe. Yes. Um, I, I and, and I think they should be interested in having him back. He had a good season. But I think the way he played... Later in the season, down the stretch, he's 32 years old. I mean, like, it's pretty unlikely that the first half Geno is the new normal Geno forever, especially because we have a sample size that already tells us that that's not who he is. Geno's not going to call us back now, Joe. Thanks. That That's fine. That's fine. I can live in that world. My process is good. Um, I just feel like Seattle's heading in a good direction and – um, they were honest with Russ Wilson and his situation and were willing to move on. And I think they need to take another honest look at, at their quarterback situation and not put themselves in purgatory, not overcommit here. And I, and I think, I think they can really become one of the better teams in the NFC once again, as long as they don't put themselves in a position where they're held back by Gino and look, maybe I'll eat my words. I'm willing to acknowledge that, but I think flexibility, especially given their draft capital, where they're picking in this draft, next year's quarterbacks, the free agents that exist, don't put yourself in in a spot where you're overcommitted. Real quick, Chris, if you don't mind that I jump in because this was my number five too. Um, I mean, you've done it every time so far, so this would be no different, so please go right ahead. I have literally never passed you. You have gone second every time. Well, you've jumped in after what Joe has said every single time, but... So this isn't anything new for this show. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! It's no way to treat your internet friends, Chris. Um, For Seattle, I think they are the team best positioned to draft a quarterback of any of the teams drafting in the top 10. That's a good take. That's a good take. So if that's the path that they take, even if they have to be a little aggressive to go get their guy, you know, I, I would support it even in the midst of re-signing Geno and bringing Geno back. Because if Geno Smith ends up being the next Rich Gannon, Rich Gannon's peak was four years. 
which means you'd have three years left on the clock. And, and Gino, as Joe said, is 32. So he's going to be in his mid to late 30s within the strike zone of Seattle getting to the end of a hypothetical rookie quarterback contract with a player if they take one in the first round of this year's draft. And Geno's through half his career touchdown passes in this season and one-third of his career yards in this past season. And as Joe said, he he faded a little bit down the stretch. So I love Geno. I hope he gets the contract, but I also hope Seattle takes this opportunity to say, hey, we got five, 20 plentiful draft picks at our disposal. They got two twos. No, they can... They could play defense with a trade in the top five and still come out smelling like a rose and not have any long-term ill effects on their ability in future years uh, to go out and get a quarterback that that gives them a short-term answer and a long-term answer. Uh, so I'd love to see them do that. I agree with you, Joe. Chris, the floor is yours. Um, I am doubling down on the Cardinals, making a move for my number five. We've got A.J. Green retiring. We got DeAndre Hopkins more than likely on the move. We need to bring in a wide receiver to help either Baker Mayfield, Tyler Huntley, Kyler Murray to set course for the new version of the Arizona Cardinals. Any guesses? Veteran player or draft pick? A veteran player. Veteran player. Higgins? Super Bowl champion. Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju Smith-Schuster to the Arizona Cardinals, my number five. Just sign him in free agency. You don't Just have to trade sign him in free him. agency. Yeah. Don't trade for him. Just pick this guy up in free agency. You trade DeAndre Hopkins. AJ Green retires. Get Juju. Give Just give him all the fields. Just give him the space. There you go. Enjoy Arizona, Juju. Why Why are you so firm with a Juju selection? What? So they need. They're going to. They're going to need wide receiver help. Mm-hmm. I do not want to acquire a wide receiver at the cost of draft capital. They're not ready yet. But spending a little cash for a wide receiver makes some sense. Is Juju going to command top dollar in the wide receiver market? I don't think so. Right? So this is a perfect... Like 15? Mm. When you think 15 million? I'd take the under on that. 15. I'd take the under on that. I would take the under on that as here's well. The, here's, the, here's the one thing to watch for, Chris. This wide receiver class in free agency sucks. It right. is awful. Myers and him. It is awful. So that's just one thing I would be well, yeah, it's wary. Nelson Aguilar, DJ Chark, Marvin Jones, Julio Jones, Byron Pringle, Jacoby Myers out. Oh, Alan Lazard. Hold on. Maybe I want to pivot. Maybe I want to pivot here. Uh, no, I, I'll stick with Juju. I'll stick with Juju to the Cardinals. I don't think I think he gets like 10 or 11 per year for like three years. Tim Patrick signed three years, $34 million. Yeah, that's, he's gonna get that, more than that, right? I don't think so. Box of Bill really bars. box of Bill bars. You set the number, set the number, average annual salary, and I'll. I tell lose you every I'm... one of these I make. These Chris, he, he said fifteen. Set it at fifteen. I'm not. I don't know if I'm. Joseph, I'm not set the number. Bill bar on the fifteen. <laughs> you set the number, and then I set the number. No, I don't want that. Uh, what if we? What if we did thirteen and a half? Take it. I'll take the over, Chris. Uh, Thirteen and a half is two is very specific for me. I'm out. I don't. Chris want is a renowned cow. Fourteen. I'll go fourteen. Fourteen. Just go fifteen, and I'll take the under. No, four, fourteen. Then, then I'm not taking the bet, Joe. 
How does it feel? How does it feel when you try to make a bet with somebody and they just... Chris is all full of all kinds of sass you... today for no reason. Mike Will- Mike Williams got 20 per. My, and, and, Mike okay. Williams is a better player than Juju by Mike Williams margin. Better wide receiver than Juju Smith-Schuster. <sighs> you don't think they're comparables for contracts, I, though? I do not. Tell you what, do, do we have... Uh... Juju played 66% of the snaps this year. Not even on the field. Hasn't had a thousand yard season since 2018. We almost got there this year. Are you acting like Mike Williams is a high snap percentage guy? I'm just heard all the time. I'm just saying that I don't think Juju Smith-Schuster is going to get what you think he's going to get. Okay, I'm I'm putting it at 14 per. Yeah, I don't. I'm gonna. Oh, this is fun. Uh, Spot Track has the projected market value. Has anybody looked it up? I was, that's okay. what I was literally going to. What's it okay, at? Okay, that's a tough number. That's right. 14, that's right six. in line with where we're at. Okay, but like, but like, hold on. One of the comps that they use is the dumb Christian Kirk contract, and I'm sorry, like, I throw that out. Well, Chris, it didn't look so stupid. Chris, after the that, does, that doesn't help your argument either, because the other three are fifteen five, sixteen one, and fourteen seven five. What's their name? Alan, Alan, Alan Robinson, Hunter, Robinson Hunter, Renfro, Hunter Renfro, and Robbie Anderson. And Robbie Anderson. <sighs> Man, I'm tempted to go 15 just for the box. <laughs> Take it at 14. I, I, I'll i pass. I'll pass. Are you still in on this for the Arizona Cardinals at 14 or 15? What's their cap situation look like? I wasn't anticipating it costing <laughs> this kind of dollar amount. <laughs> Uh, the Cardinals have oh we have we have fourteen point six million dollars in cap space right now without even doing Ooh. anything. We, we haven't even done anything, and we've got cap room. This is this is good fun, Joe. I I have no conviction on this, and I feel compelled to take it just so someone has a built bar box on the line. You're gonna take the under I, on fourteen. I don't want to, but I would love for Chris to grow some conviction in himself since he's feeling all spicy today. So here's what I don't understand. I I do have conviction. I have conviction in not taking the bet. So right. there's just you just when not you, the right when you kind came of out conviction. here firing like gangbusters when Joe dropped 15 on the table, and now you're splitting hairs <laughs> over one million dollars. We can get the Cardinals to like 60 million dollars in cap space without doing a whole lot. So we can we can make this happen. Just, just let no it no deal, through, Joe. No deal. No thank All you. Right, no Absolute thank you. coward. Absolute coward. Wait, didn't we do, agree to a deal uh, sometime recently? What was we, it? We did. We agreed to you something in, in Mobile, and I forget what it was. Like, oh, no. I, like, I already forget. <laughs> but it was uh, it was on one of the live the shows. Yeah, let us know. <laughs> what did Kyle and I agree to? It definitely happened. I witnessed the, the handshake. Well, we handshake. We, we shook hands. I remember yeah, that part of it. definitely a thing. I don't know what you're talking about. Write things oh, down. It, I think it was Tank Dell related. It, it probably was I Tank Dell related. Tank we were pretty Dell fired related. up about it. Well, I had to guess. I think it was Tank Dell related because I think I said he would go. Oh, this was like end of day, end of day right. two. I said yeah, Tank I, 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 I said the, the, the 155 pound receiver is not going to go on day two. Is what I said. <laughs> there we go. That's it. We're out of we're out of we're out of things on the Kyle list. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert. Thanks to our friends over at Bet Online for their continued support of the show. We hope you guys have a great rest of day on Tuesday. We will be back and talk with you all again tomorrow. Peace. 
Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.